Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor story jumpers welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast are you ready to hear a great story of course that's why you're a story jumper when a hot air balloon ride goes terribly wrong siblings jenny and cole find themselves soaring thousands of feet into the cold Colorado sky. In the basket of the enormous balloon, they must overcome their differences and safely land the runaway hot air balloon. This unforgettable flight will captivate your imagination and inspire your heart. Join Jenny and Cole on their trip of a lifetime as they learn to overcome fear, exercise faith, and extend forgiveness. Enjoy this reading of Trapped in a Hot Air Balloon by Mark Wainwright. Chapter One Grrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
Thanks, Mr. Weber, Jenny said, her voice bubbling with excitement. I've always dreamed of flying in a real hot air balloon. Mr. Weber looked up from pressing buttons on an electronic gadget attached to the basket's frame. He slipped a rusty screwdriver into the pocket of his denim overalls and smiled. Decades of hard work had etched deep wrinkles into his skin, but his grandpa-like face still radiated a warm playfulness. You're mighty welcome, young lady, he said in a southern drawl. Glad to have you aboard. After programming the electronic device, Mr. Weber glanced at the propane tanks, then patted his pockets. Finally, he began rummaging through a leather pouch attached to the basket's wall. His relaxed grin drooped low. Ah, uh, guess I forgot my wrench back at the truck. He scratched his gray beard while looking around. Mm, must have forgotten my coffee, too. Can't be taken off without that, he said with a chuckle. Y'all stay here. Be right back. He heaved his aging body awkwardly out of the basket. As Mr. Weber trudged toward his pickup truck about 200 feet away, Cole climbed onto the top railing of the balloon's basket. He wobbled from side to side while making goofy faces, pretending to lose his balance. Get down, Jenny scolded, glaring at him. Being four years older than her brother, she felt responsible to tell him everything he did wrong in life. Or else, she continued, Mr. Weber won't take you up in the balloon. Can't make me, Cole spat back, his voice teasing. I can do whatever I want. He stuck his tongue out at Jenny, then added, You're not my boss. Whatever, she said, rolling her eyes. Turning her back to him, she glanced at her cell phone. 7.22 a.m. Daylight had inched its way over the horizon less than an hour ago. The sun's orange glow had already begun warming the chilly air. And even though Mr. Weber's ranch lay about 20 miles east of Colorado Springs, Jenny could still see the rugged outline of Pikes Peak off in the distance, beyond the city. Jenny was sweating after all the work it had taken to set up the balloon. She unzipped her purple puffer vest and was about to take it off and toss it on the floor, but then decided not to. The basket's plywood floor had clumps of dirt scattered on it from her and Cole's shoes, and she didn't want to get the vest dirty since it was fairly new. A breeze rustled Cole's straw-colored hair. The draft wasn't strong, but the 70-foot balloon was a huge target for it. The balloon towered over them, swaying from side to side. Jenny stared out at Mom, Dad, and Mrs. Weber, who were all trying to keep the balloon steady by pulling and fighting with the crown line. That's what Mr. Weber had called the long rope that draped down from the top of the balloon to the ground. With Mom and Dad distracted, Cole pulled back the sleeves of his blue sweater. His eyebrows narrowed and a mischievous grin twisted his lips as he glanced at Jenny to make sure that she wasn't watching. Then he reached toward the support beams that arched above his head. The beams held the twin burners that turned propane fuel into a gushing fireball when ignited by the pilot. The heat from those flames provided the lift that pushed the hot air balloon into the sky. Cole choked back a laugh, then made a face at Jenny, who still had her back turned to him. 
With one last silent taunt, he jumped up, on, up to grab onto the beam. But as he gripped the beam and jerked his legs upward to hang upside down like a circus acrobat to scare his sister, his shoe slammed into the ignition switch at the base of the burners. At that exact moment, a sharp cracking sound like an empty soda can being stomped on splintered the air. Grrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
in one of the books we were reading a few years ago, A Girl Got Lost in the Woods. It was a really interesting book, but at one point in the story, the girl is about to be attacked by a bear. And then a porcupine shows up. And then the author said something like this. There they were, three animals in the forest. And, you know, at that point, I put the book down and glanced at my kids. And I told them, you know what? That is not true. You see, what the author was doing there was basically saying that people are animals. Basically, in short, it was promoting evolution. And, well, that theory Mm -hmm. certainly is not true. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1-1 that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it's at that point that I thought, you know what? I wish there were more Christian writers that would write fun and fascinating books for kids that have good messages in them. And those books, of course, don't have to be preachy, but they should still contain a specific point and purpose. And you know what? It was at that point that it was almost as if the Holy Spirit was tapping me on the shoulder and saying, you're a writer. Go ahead and write that adventure book. And so I thought, uh, I guess I am. Maybe I should. So that very night, Andrew, that very night, I sat down at my computer. I started brainstorming ideas. And what eventually turned that, that idea turned into a bit, uh, trapped in a hot air balloon. So it was really seeing oh, the lack cool. of another, getting frustrated at other books led me to write Trapped in a Hot Air Balloon. Yeah, I've heard there's a saying that says, um, if the book that you want to read doesn't exist, you should write it. <laughs> so, <laughs> And then kind of related well, so to that George. also, uh, I grew up in Colorado Springs, which is the setting for this book. And when I was a kid... Mm-hmm. My dad would wake us up early in the morning and take us to the balloon festival in the book. The dad takes the kids to the hot air balloon festival. So certainly experiences that I had as a kid influenced the plot, the series of events in this book. Very cool. Very cool. I've heard about hot air balloon festivals, but I've never attended one. They look amazing when you see videos of all these huge balloons, different shapes and sizes and bright colors and everything. Um, But I always get nervous, you know, because I did watch Wizard of Oz and I do know what happens to that wizard when he climbs in that hot air balloon. So, you know, it always makes me just a little nervous. It is actually a very safe activity. Yes. (laughs) Um, How and when did you personally fall in love with writing? Well, I suppose my my love for writing really began with my love for reading. I loved reading books as a kid. Through books, I met fun characters, and I joined those characters on spectacular adventures. Of course, some books made my heart ache. Other books made me laugh super hard. Sometimes books were so interesting that I couldn't put them down until I found out if the characters survived whatever crazy situation they were in. And well, as far as learning how to write, when I was in school, a friend gave me a journal as a present. A journal, as you know, is a book without any words, just lines of paper. I wasn't sure what to write in that journal, so I just started writing about what I did each day. I wrote one page a day. I wrote about my friends. I wrote about my family. I wrote about the goofy and wacky things that happened throughout the day. And I suppose that process of just writing a little bit each day is what began my writing journey. Yeah, well, that's a good tip for any of our story jumpers who are interested in writing. 
Um, same thing for me. I really loved reading for a long time. When I was a kid, I would read and read um, different books. And then I found that when I got to a certain grade level, uh, the teachers were assigning certain stories or certain books for us to read. And actually that kind of turned me off from reading because I felt like I didn't get to choose the story I wanted to read. I was being told what story I had to read. And some of them just weren't that interesting to me. And yet I still had to read all the way through them and do a report, things like that. So for a long time, I put books down and I didn't read them. And I really regret that now because I watch how many books my kids read and how much they love to read. So I would encourage anybody who gets frustrated by an assignment to just push through, get it done, and then get back to the reading that you want to do. Don't put books down altogether. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, there's so many great classics and books that can grab our imagination. But then sometimes we're just drawn to a certain genre as well. So enjoy a breadth, a wide variety of books that are available. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you wrote this story or when you're doing other writing, would you say that you have a main goal in mind? Is there something that you're trying to um, achieve or are you just having a good time telling a story? Well, first of all, my one of my main goals is to just have fun and, ha- and tell a great fascinating story. Of course, there are many ways to write a story. Writers have to make many decisions. They need to decide on plot, on characters, on the style of writing. Authors have to also decide where the story will start, where it will end. All these important decisions affect how the story is told. So I definitely want to tell a fascinating story, but my main writing goals go even beyond that. The most important decision I've made for my writing is that I want to honor God with the words that I use. And in fact, Andrew, one of my favorite verses is Psalm 1914. That verse says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I want my words to honor the Lord. It's not just about what I write, but also about how I write. It's about honoring the Lord through the type of stories I choose to describe and through the type of words I use. I want people to understand biblical principles better because of the stories that I write. Yeah, that's a that's a big challenge too, you know, to make sure that you, you stick to that and that you honor that uh, scripture. That really is a good challenge and a good goal. But I think you've lived up to it with this story in particular. You know, I haven't had the opportunity yet to read any of your other stuff, but this one, you nailed it. (laughs) So you mentioned that you used to live in Colorado. Have you traveled a lot? Does travel have anything to do with inspiring the things that you write? Well, I love to travel. And in fact, I've been to all 50 states and around 33 different countries. So I, I, I love wow. being able to travel. I've ridden elephants in Thailand. I've been attacked by a monkey on a Mediterranean island. I've been hang gliding in the Swiss Alps. Uh, once I was in a jungle oh in Papua New Guinea and was charged at by a huge wild boar, so big that it was shaking the ground as it charged at me. My friends were yelling, oh get God. up, get up, run away. And that giant boar was rushing at me with its curled tusks. Uh, I was able to rush to the nearest tree and climb up it and escape that wild boar. So, yeah, definitely 
that idea of having experiences in different locations influences the type of stories I write. That said, I will say that even some of the greatest stories occur close to home. Uh, they could occur at school, at work, on the playground. Uh, it's getting to know new people and expanding your understanding about human beings. So yes, it, I love traveling, but great stories also occur close to home. Yeah, that's so true. We can write stories with our lives, right? We can write stories with our friends and even with people like bullies or people that we don't get along with right now, that can unfold into a great story of, you know, learning why someone is having a tough time and taking it out on others. And then maybe there's some healing that can happen there, uh, new friendships that can form and a bully that will stop being a bully. <laughs> so you're right. Getting to know each other, each other's situations, having empathy and caring about one another. Those help really cool stories to unfold. Um, when it comes to the hot air balloon in particular, other than going to the hot air balloon show, did you have to do any further research for writing this fiction story, this novel? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Even though fiction is make believe in many ways, we're still creating that illusion of reality. So just as the emotions our characters experience must be lifelike, so too must the details in the story be accurate. So for instance, uh, I, I was writing about hot air balloons. I had to learn all about them. I read books. I watched videos. I even volunteered with a local hot air balloon company to uh, set up the hot air balloon. I, I rode in the chase vehicle to chase after that balloon. And then they dropped us off and we had to run after that hot air balloon that was landing to hold it down. All these experiences, the details needed to be accurate. I had to research what is the rate of ascent based on the weight within the basket. All these details, how high could that balloon go and the kids still breathe? You know, these are important mm. details that had to that I had to yes. Let me give you yes. one other example. So, for instance, uh, there's a fire extinguisher in the hot air balloon basket. And I mention in the book that there is a yellow powder that hisses out of that fire extinguisher and forms a cloud. Well, to write that technical information, I called a fire extinguisher business and I talked to a worker and learned technical information. Then I actually drove over to the fire extinguisher business where they gave me samples of that yellow powder so that I could know what it smelled like. Then I tossed it into the air to see how it would float through the, through the breeze. All these little details. There's another scene in the hospital. So I wanted to get those details accurate. I talked to a nurse. I talked to the actual hospital. I called up the hospital in Colorado Springs and talked to a worker there about their procedures for if somebody got in this accident, what would they, what room would they be placed in? What would they be connected to? All these little details add to the believability, the, rea the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can see how that would fit in. And it may, like you said, it, it's belie more believable. So you can take these bits of actual fact and then put your characters in situations where they move through those facts, where they experience and reveal those facts. It really helps the reader to buy into the story that you're telling. 
um, and to be a part of it and to experience it as well. That's really cool. So do you have any other advice for any, any of the story jumpers who may want to think about or are possibly already trying their hand at writing? Yeah, well, first of all, I'd say just have fun. That creative process, enjoy being creative as you take your characters on adventures. Definitely have fun through that writing process. Try different techniques, different genres. And then also if you want to be a writer, I would say that you need to practice. Someone who wants to be a good artist or a good basketball player or even a piano player has to practice. So also if you want to be a writer, well, you need to write. It takes time and commitment, but it's worth it in the long run. And then, of course, it's vital that you ask God to help you. As with anything in life, we should be focused on honoring the Lord. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So as you write, ask the Lord to help you, and he will certainly help you along that writing journey. Mark, thank you so much for sharing Trapped in a Hot Air Balloon with us and giving us some insight behind the scenes as to how you wrote it, where you found some of the cool information, and just a little bit more about what the story means. You know, I really appreciate it. Would you join us on Story Jumpers again with another story? Yes, absolutely. That would be a lot of fun. Great, Mark. Well, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Parents. Mark Wainwright loves adventure. That quest to see new sites, explore new lands, and meet new people has taken him to all 50 states and over 30 countries. He's ridden elephants in Thailand, hang glided in the Swiss Alps, and even has been stranded on a small boat in the Bismarck Sea. But Mark also loves finding adventure through the pages of a book. He especially enjoys reading stories that make him feel as if he is there with the characters and experiencing the action for himself. For 16 years, Mark led the editorial departments at several Christian book publishers. Then, in 2017, Mark transitioned to teaching professional writing courses at a Christian college in Florida. He now uses his publishing experience to help guide the next generation of writers and editors. Above all, Mark remains passionate about using his writing and editing skills for the glory of God. He encourages his professional writing students to courageously influence their communities through the power of writing. To learn more about Mark, visit his website at mark-wainwright.com. There, you'll find a bunch of extra resources related to hot air balloons. You can also download coloring pages, answer trivia questions, and try your hand at science and art projects.